I'm Steph Tolev, and you're listening to Birchwood Podcast. I'm friends with the monster, the son of my bed. Get along with the voices inside of my head. You're trying to save me, stop holding your breath. And you think I'm crazy, yeah, you think I'm crazy. I wanted the fame, but not the cover of Newsweek. Oh well, guess beggars can't be choosy. Wanted to receive attention from my music. Wanted to be left alone in public, excuse me. But wanting my cake and eat it too. And wanting it both ways. Fame made me a balloon. Cause my ego inflated when I flew see. But it was confusing. Cause all I wanted to do is be the Bruce Lee of loosely abused ink. Use it as a tool when I blew steam. Hit the lottery, ooh, wee. But with what I gave up to get, it was bittersweet. It was like winning a used me. Ironic, cause I think I'm getting so huge, I need a shrink. I'm beginning to lose sleep. One sheep, two sheep, going cuckoo and kooky is cool key. But I'm actually weirder than you think. Cause I'm, I'm friends with the monster, the son of my bed. Get along with the voices inside of my head. You're trying to save me, stop holding your breath. And you think I'm crazy, yeah, you think I'm crazy. Well, that's not fair. of a poet but I know somebody once told me to seize the moment and don't squander it cause you never know when it all could be over tomorrow so I keep conjuring sometimes I wonder where these thoughts spawn from yeah confident do you want there's no one if you're losing your mind the way you want us Wandering off down yonder and stumbled on to Jeff Van Vondren Cause I need an interventionist to intervene between me and this monster And save me from myself and all this conflict Cause of everything that I lost killing me and I can't conquer it My OCD's talking me and the head keep knocking Nobody's home, I'm sleepwalking I'm just relaying what the voice of my head's saying Don't shoot the messenger, I'm just I'm friends, friends with, with the Call me crazy, but I had this vision. One day that I walk amongst you, a regular civilian. But until then, drums get killed, and I'm coming straight at MC's blood gets filled, and I'm taking back to the days that I get on a Dre track. Give every kid who got played that pump the feeling and shit to say back to the kids who played them. I ain't here to save the fucking children, but if one kid out of a hundred million who are going through a struggle feels it and relates, that's great. It's payback. Russell Wilson falling way back in the trap, turn nothing into something. Still can make that straw in the gold jump. I will spin. Rumble still. Get in a haystack Maybe I need a straight jacket Face facts I am nuts for real But I'm okay with that It's nothing I'm still I'm friends, friends with, with the monster The son of my bed Get along with the voices Inside of my head You're trying to save me Stop holding your breath And you think I'm crazy Yeah you think I'm crazy I'm friends with the monster The son of my bed Get along Well, that's not fair
Friday, January 3rd, and how are you, Birchwood listeners? I'm thinking about changing this name of the podcast to Punchlines Podcast. I think that would be a little more fitting, because my comedy club is called Punchlines Comedy Club, and I interview comedians that come through town, so wouldn't that just make more sense? Hi, I'm Shane Ogden. I'm father, husband, comedian, show producer, club owner, electrician, Gemini, life warrior. Aren't we all just life warriors? Just fighting to get through it. It's a challenge. Or, if you're an optimist, it's a, every day is a challenge. Yeah, it depends on your tone, doesn't it? What did he mean by that? Who knows? Well, it's great to have you listening. This is January 3rd, Friday. How do you feel? Christmas is over, right? We've got through the Lord's birthday. Minimum minimum casualties. No family fights. Just pure joy. Uh, Alicia's father got out of the hospital for the day on Christmas Day. Uh, Alicia's father continues to improve. His health is improving. He, he swallowed today for the first time in two months. He had apple juice, and he said it was just like candy. So, hey, that's a happy thought, right? That guy's uh, prognosis wasn't all that great recently and it was great to see him on the mend he's been up on his walker walking around the hospital wing and beyond thanks to his dedicated daughter alicia Uh, man the way that she dotes over her father i can only say this that she is a an incredible daughter and i hope that my daughter will look after me when i'm old the way that Alicia looks after her old man. Not much to report, and all I can say is that it was a wonderful holiday. The Ogden family Christmas was a success. Everybody got nice gifts. I baked cookies. I'm sick of cookies. I probably won't eat cookies for another six months. I'm fighting off a bit of a cold. Uh, You know, my bones ache, but, uh, and my nose is stuffy. This is the first real battle I've had, though, with my immune system this year. Ha ha ha, it's January 3rd. No, but I mean, just in general, like, I haven't been too sick the last year. How are how are you doing? Are you reflecting on your on your on your 2019 and now it's 2020 and you feel so much better? Now things are going to be different. You're going to shed 10 pounds. You're going to stop being so negative. You're going to be happy. You're going to be healthy. You're going to uh, invest in your friendships. You're going to you're going to send somebody a a Facebook message that you haven't talked to in years, and you're going to say, how you doing there, Steve? I often think of you whenever I see a lighthouse, because as we remember as kids, 
We used to play around the fishing docks and we always used to get scared when the lighthouse light would come on and we knew it was time to go home for dinner. Do you remember that, Steve? Ah, I still think about you, Steve, and I hope you're doing well. I could see from Facebook that you have a lovely family and I wish them all the best this holiday season. Uh, look forward to hearing back from you someday. And it's great uh, to reach out to you, Steve. Merry Christmas, Steve. (laughs) Ah, I've officially lost it. Anyway, um, the dogs are great. You know, they're, they, they enjoyed a little holiday festivity too. They had little uh, presents wrapped and we encouraged them to rip open the presents. And I don't think that's very wise because I think they'll, uh, in, you know, maybe next Christmas, they'll see all those gifts under the tree and then they'll get into the habit. And now they're going to open all the regular gifts, but it was cute watching them uh, rip open their squeaky balls and their rawhide bones. So yeah, the dogs, uh, they, they had a good Christmas. And what can I tell you? My daughter got a keyboard for Christmas. She can already play Mary Had a Little Lamb. And two other songs. And we just had a little impromptu concert in her bedroom. And now I've heard those songs. She's 10. She's already interested in playing an instrument. Her brother, who's 17, plays saxophone. And I have never played an instrument. I got talented kids, man. They're, they're, They're interested in making music. And I think that's just wonderful. Speaking of music, I have no idea what song I selected for this episode. Um, I've been into Anderson Pack lately quite a bit. Um, So those were some soft jams the last couple of podcasts. So this one, I don't know, maybe I'll try and go for something a little different. A little, who knows? A little upbeat, a little different. I don't know. And I gravitate towards hip-hop. That is something that I enjoy. And... uh, you know, I, I'm just making this podcast for me. So I, I I don't know if you have the similar tastes. I guess if you don't like the song, you can always skip it. All right. Okay, so I've got a show coming up on January 8th. little guest spot in Rossay, New Brunswick at the uh, Barrel's Head uh, Gastro Pub and Bar. I don't know what they, I think they call it a gastro pub. I don't, I don't understand that. I should Google that. Should I Google it now? Do you think this is still recording? I'm going to Google gastro pub, see what that is. Sounds like you have gas or something. Gastro pub definition. I hope no one ever looks at my Google searches, it'll look like a a serial killer. All the random shit I Google. Gastropub, noun, a pub that specializes in serving high-quality food. Oh, we've built our reputation. Here's an example. We've built our reputation on searching out obscure restaurants, gastropubs, cutting-edge bars, and superlative food venues. Wow, that's from the Oxford definition, gastropub. I wonder if it'll play... The pronunciation. Gastropub. Okay, I wonder if you heard that. 
I'll have to wait till playback to know if you heard the way that that Google pronounced that. Uh, okay, here we go. Where are we? There we are. Ah, I'm, I'm back from Googling. That was an ordeal, wasn't it? Do you guys have a Google Chromecast at home? Um, they do not sponsor the podcast. But I will say this about the Google Chromecast. It's this thing that you plug into the back of your TV and then you can cast Netflix, YouTube, or whatever you want. You can watch uh, anything from your device, smartphone or tablet, and, and you can make it... Uh, cast to the TV that's a that's a that's a thing that happens casting so you can cast your favorite shows from Netflix and the only way that's possible is with uh, the Google Chromecast the Google Chromecast when you're not casting anything will show you pictures of beautiful things from around the world and I'm finding that I use the Google Chromecast for those worldly pictures more than I use it for actually watching shows, which is, uh, you know, pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, so my tree is still up. It's January 3rd, and uh, I, it's not a real tree. It's it's a fake tree, and it's uh, the first year with a fake tree, and it feels exactly as magical as a real tree. In fact, it's a little nicer. Just, <laughs> it's just... The perfect shape, and we did we did all we did the lights perfect this year on the tree, and Alicia pulled this out of her uh, Pinterest hat. She got she bought cinnamon sticks. Like, who even knew that was a real goddamn thing? Cinnamon sticks. Like, okay, so believe it or not, there's these things called cinnamon sticks, and uh, I don't know they're some kind of food, but they're like. A stick? I, I don't. I don't get it. Like, is there a friggin' cinnamon tree? I, I don't understand it. Anyway, cinnamon sticks exist, and you should know that because Alicia uh, showed us how to make a craft from the cinnamon sticks. Everyone did something a little different. I gotta say, Casey's was the best. He got this wooden snowflake, and then he took the cinnamon sticks and he made a heart on top of the snowflake, and that has become the centerpiece for the tree. I mean, it's in heavy competition with the changing light star that is on top of the tree. But the, the homemade little cinnamon stick ornaments um, just complete it. You know what I mean? We got some garland on there. We got some uh, neon LED lights you know, different colors. We got blue and red, orange and green and purple. Some of those are not Christmas colors, but it all looks amazing when you turn the lights out and just stare at the tree. You ever do that? You ever just shut the light out and just stare at the tree? I I used to love doing that when I was a kid, you know? and And now I'm an adult and I still love doing it. And it kind of takes me back to when I was a kid, you know, staring at that tree and just waiting, you know, maybe it was Christmas Eve or maybe it was 
you know, a couple days before Christmas and it was all leading up to it. The build up, you know, the excitement. And that's, uh, when you're an adult, I don't know, some of that kind of fades, you know, but, but there's great reminders, you know, like, uh, little dusting of snow on the ground or, you know, kids tobogganing, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Lots of, lots of neighbors have all the modern lights, you know, the ones that you shine on the side of your house and it makes all these crazy Christmas patterns. I gotta say, it was a nice Christmas at the Ogden house. Um, yeah, it really, it's been a hard time in our family, but it's also uh, been a special time. You know, my daughter's 10, my son is 17, and it's all happening. And I'm enjoying it. I'm not taking this time for granted, you know? It's a special time. The kids are still kids. Casey is almost an adult. Ella is nowhere near an adult. But they're, you know, they're still my kids. And uh, Christmas morning was awesome. When I got to watch Ella open up her new iPhone and Casey open up his PS4... And the looks on their faces, you know, just so much gratitude. And uh, it, it's just been great. It's just been great watching them enjoy it. And, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just kind of got lost in the feeling there for a minute. I apologize. I know I have a podcast to do here. I won't let you down. Okay, so how is work? Work's fine. How's your work? What do you work at? Why don't you email the podcast, birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. Tell me what you're doing for work out there. Me, I'm an electrician by trade. So every day I'm hooking up wires. Uh, Right now I'm doing mostly heat pumps. Some uh, whole home generators as well. That's what I do most of the time. But I've got these shows... So I was saying the gastropub, man, did I ever get lost there? I went right back around. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be doing a show January 8th at the gastropub, the barrel's head. Uh, that is January 8th in Rothsay, New Brunswick, showtime 7.30 p.m. So if you're in the area and you want to see me do some stand-up, I'm going to be there practicing new bits. I don't like the new stuff. Oh, so apprehensive and uh, scared, terrified, a little bit excited, but still, you know, it's hard to get the juice when you're 43. You know, you've seen a lot of days and uh, to get excited is rare, but it does happen. And I feel a little bit excited about writing new comedy and performing again, which is what I want to get back to seems I'm always searching to get back to comedy. I, I think it feels the most natural for me to do stand-up, and uh, it's been too long, and I'm looking forward to getting back at it. Because before long, it's going to be March, and I'm going to be expected uh, to do a decent opening for the great Mr. Mellinger. Uh, that's March 14th of 
2020. And that is uh, at the Imperial Theatre in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada. You can find all my dates at Shane Ogden Comedian on Facebook. I haven't posted in a while, but uh, it's on my list. And I do. I, I get around to things eventually. That has been my one thing that I can say. I'm proud that I can pull it together and get it done, even if it is months later. I'm still managing to do that. For example, right now, I'm about to uh, introduce to you one of the great hidden treasures in Canada. Uh, She came through town to perform at Punchlines Comedy Club. And, I mean, she is uh, an amazing comedian. She's uh, hanging out with all of the best comedians in uh, Canada. She's touring the country. And I was so happy to see her live. Uh, Absolutely smashed my head off the table laughing. Couldn't breathe. Tears in my eyes. I'm telling you, she is the real deal. She is a professional comedian. She's hilarious. And I know you're going to love this interview uh, with Steph Toloff. He was a nice man. He was a nice New Brunswick boy. He was... uh... Live right out. I'm recording. That's fine. Just so you know. That's fine. But but it didn't Look work at out. This pair, it did work out. It, it did work. Oh, it worked. I got, out. I got go home and I okay, morning. Well, it you, worked out quite well. You wouldn't you wouldn't stay past seven a.m. if it didn't work no, out. No, no, it was quite <laughs> it was quite nice. At what point would you give up if it was? Well, it was funny because everybody because I've had like, those nights where it's like, okay, here it is. It's two in the morning and neither one of us are making a move. I'm I leaving. see. Yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Well, he lived out in the boonies and we knew it was going to be. We knew what was happening, and it was funny because we were nice. out with all the comics after the show last night, and I was like, I'm leaving. They were like, where the hell are you going? I'm like, I don't know, and then I showed them the address. I was like, where the, that's far, but it was only 20 minutes away. Oh, my God. So that's not even far for me. 20, no. Like, that's... Like I a 20-minute like, drive. 20-minute drive, and like in LA, everything is like, if I want to see my friend, it's 45 minutes, and they live a mile away from me because of traffic, so it's like right. 20 minutes in the car is nothing. Yeah, I'll go get late for 20 minutes. Very nice. Very nice boy. Um... <laughs> Me home you do look truck. happy. You do I'm look happy. quite content. Are you going to yeah. stay in New Brunswick just for Absolutely all this LA nonsense? Not. Yeah. No. Absolutely okay. Not. <laughs> but I mean, he was. Yeah. He uh, yeah. on the way out. I saw a deer head on his uh, back porch. Of course. That's normal. Ty- typical of the New Brunswick male. Yeah. They have some taxidermied animals. Yeah. It was, but it wasn't taxed. <laughs> it was like real head. Oh, he just, just killed it. Just killed it. Yeah. Fresh kill. Yes, fresh kill. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah good. Bear rug. That's what you show chicks when you come over to your... Uh... It was wild. I was like, <laughs> okay, I'll put that there. I just decapitated this animal. Want to yeah. fuck me now? <laughs> I mean, and I'm going to lie, all his pictures were of him with dead animals, and it, it won me over, so... Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Mm. So, so other than... Uh, other than having sex other than that, New Brunswick. Yeah, um... that's right. <laughs> I was reading uh, some of your, the Wikipedia things and trying to piece together who you were in preparation for this interview. I read something about the Skechersons. I don't know why I'm on that. You're not never, associated with I, that. I was never associated. I did like one show. No. Okay, okay. So, but you are <laughs> you are also an actor as well as a comedian. Yes, you've done some acting. I uh, yes, I have. That's uh, why excellent. I moved to and LA, you, and yes. some writing. It lists you as your IMDb lists you as an actor and a writer. Yes. And it doesn't say anything about stand up in the IMDb part. I don't know separate, why. Right? Yeah, it's very weird. I don't know. Somebody mm. made my IMDb thing, so I don't know what the hell they put. Um, I would say I. I'm an actress, comedian, and writer. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I guess. 
I'd say that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I started in improv for four years. So you were a sketch actor. Yes. Yeah, started in improv four years, then I did sketch, and I still do sketch with my sketch partner, Alison Hogg. We're called Lady Stash, but she still lives in uh, Toronto. Oh, that's awesome. She's doing, she writes for Baroness on Sketch Show. If you I've that. heard of that. She's one of the head writers, and she writes for This Hour's 22 Minutes. Uh, and she's doing very well. Oh, cool. Yeah, so she, she's, she's, she knows Trent and all those people. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Trent was at the club. He did, he did well. And, uh, I just, uh, it's funny. Everyone that I talk to, like you're the first person I think that I've interviewed that I absolutely don't know. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is kind of like, Oh, you know this you know that person? Okay. Yeah. And kind of, we feel like we know each other. Yeah. 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 This is, this is a weird one for me. Cause I like, actually don't know anything. Yeah. About you. That's what, good. what do you want people to know about you? Um, fuck. <laughs> sleep with strangers from Tinder. There's that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I but want. But it's fu- it's funny that you're so open about that because I mean, you know, clearly there's millions of people that are dating and out in the world and and uh-huh. you know using Tinder. But you're just like matter of fact, blunt. Well, hey man, I'm, yeah, I got laid last night. <laughs> well, when I'm traveling too, it's good. like obviously yeah. why I went on Tinder. There's no other reason. Yeah, and I'm very open about that. Crap! I just did. Um, I just did a one woman show for the first time called "I've Always Been Fucked," and I talk a lot about uh, you know men's. Cause I've had a lot of very bad. I'm not getting into that because it's too real, but it's also very early. Too real. Uh, <laughs> I've had a lot of bad things happen to me through men and stuff. So it's yeah. like I was, I'm very open about stuff now because I'm always like, you know, we all go through this shit, and like a lot of us sleep around, but no one wants to talk about. It. It's not. It's I don't know. It's taboo. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's like I don't yeah. care anymore. We all do it, and it's like you know. It was safe, consensual sex. So I Humans. Talk about it. Yeah, what the... I don't give a shit. Humans, human He was hot human as hell. Needs. Yeah. So what, what the heck? That's awesome. He, I made him follow me on Instagram. Plus, you're not... You know, your lifestyle is you travel from town to town. You make the money you need to make. You tell the jokes that you want to tell. You're having fun. You're doing your career. It doesn't really lend itself to, you know, the typical relationship does it no and i will say this and i know it's probably whatever been said but like it dating in la is a fucking nightmare and everybody is so fucking phony i'm fat in la i'm considered a fat person so when people literally men will write me on tinder and go wow finally a fat woman and i'm like i'm gonna kill myself so it's like it's it's insane in what what way would that endear you to someone unbelievable i can't why do they feel they can say that to you? People feel that they can say whatever the fuck they want to me. That's one thing about me. People say the crazy shit to me whatever they want. Like, it's very bizarre. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so we're all outside. Well, oh, what's the wedding outside? You're all fucked up. You're doing whatever. So I had to come to me edibles. I'm a prepared stoner. I knew what was going on. I put a box of crackers in the tent. I know what's happening. I'm not stupid. I'm not fucking around with my crackers. Sun-dried tomato. I see egg. What's a good cracker, Okay. I crawl in at 5 a.m. very excited to get this box going. Very pumped up, open it, very loud box. I'm like, oh, everyone's gonna hear me alone eating this box like a sad fucking loser. So I just panicked and put one in at a time and waited until it got soft enough just to massage it down my throat. The giant wet meal. I ate the whole box. I don't want to brag, I had no water. Very large wet throat. I don't know if no one likes when I say that out loud. That's fine. They don't find a man it's like, I like a large wet throat. That's uh, my kind of gal. Life's a nightmare. Um, but yeah, I, I'm like, 
Especially, I find you a, kind of intimidating. Uh, well, actually. people do find me intimidating. No, not be, not because you're brash, because you're a killer comedian, and I'm a huge fan of comedy. So to me, like I'm talking to someone who does what I would, in my heart, love to be doing. So to me, it's a very intimidating situation. I would never be so bold as to comment on, you know, no, 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 people are weight or whatever. You know, like yeah. why are people like people that? People are crazy. Bad shit, aren't they? Yeah, people are very phony, and like I don't think men like when women are funnier than them. Mm. I was raised by women, though, so maybe that's why I'm okay with it. I think some men. I think people who are in comedy and uh, like understand understand it it, and they like it. I've only dated comedians. I have never dated a regular person because I they don't get it or they think Mm. I'm like psychotic or like. A lot of guys, you use me in your material. I'm like, yeah, if you fuck with me, I'm definitely going to fucking use you in my goddamn joke. If you're a nice man, no, I won't talk about you. You destroyed that heckler last night, by the way. That was incredible. It was awesome. Oh, that guy that was talking. He was such a fucking... And when I did the mic check, I... He started, he's like, sing me a song. Yeah. Like, I'm like, not a monkey. No, the guy's I'm up idiot. here to, yeah. like, be a professional and get the show going. Yeah, he was a fool. Yeah. And you made him look foolish, which was great. Oh, I love hecklers. <laughs> I don't. I hate them. Oh, I love them. Because I'm not smart. I can't. I'm not witty. I can't get them back. Because you, you, just, you just berate them. That's it. You just treat them like shit. Because they are shit. That's all. Yeah. I know. I, you, I, take, I like, you take yourself out of the situation where you're a comedian and just go, what, what the fuck would I say to this person if they came up to me on the street and said that? Well, I what would like I? That, is it? You don't think that? No? <laughs> is that a little should. too psychotic? Yeah, like, you're thinking too far into the hecklers, I think. I like, uh, when I started in Toronto, I would do bars in Scarborough. I don't know if you've heard of that area. Um, mm-hmm. And it would be me. Scarborough and, was rough. Scarborough right? was very rough. And yeah. it would be me and like all these like drunk very old man and they like um, I my first set ever some guy heckled me and I go I'll fight you outside and then he waited for me in the parking lot I'm like oh shit I'm like is this comedy I'm like I'm fucking 18 years old go to the back door damn it it was a, it was a nice I'm gonna fist fight this woman yeah. yeah and I was like I was like okay I'll fight him like I was so mad too I was like yeah. just he didn't find me funny I was pissed but now I think I'm at the point where I'm like I just I know I'm funnier than the person heckling me so it's not gonna be a problem like, mm. I have the mic either way so I'm gonna be louder and more aggressive than this moron. I had chocolate for breakfast and I feel like it's coming back up now. Oh. <laughs> Mint chocolate arrow. We don't burn? have those in, in the States. Um, who, are you a comedy fan? Not really. Mm-hmm. Is that weird? Like, I am. Y- like, yes, it like, is. Most comedians, like, admittedly myself, I'm not going to try to say I'm some different guy who, you know, uh, doesn't have comedy here as I do. I started comedy because of George Carlin. Okay. Like, that's why I stumbled upon a, a CD in Calgary. I was a, a, a an improv actor, kind yeah, of. Kind yeah. of. I did dinner theater and cheesy shit. Okay. I wasn't important, yeah. but I had fun. <laughs> yeah. And I bought this uh, comedy album, and it was uh, George Carlin back in town, and he was talking about the injustice of the Iraq war, and I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. this guy's saying stuff, but he's also making us laugh, and then he throws yeah. in a few fart jokes, and I was like... This is this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I got to get involved, you know. And uh, that's kind of my love for comedy comes from being a fan. But you say you're not a fan, so you don't I mean, watch other comics. I well, I do now because I do stand up. But I didn't like. I didn't get into stand up because I watched it. I I watched a lot of Mr. Bean growing up. I know that sounds insane, <laughs> but like that, I watched a lot of that. I watched a lot of, a lot of British stuff like Faulty Towers, Black Adder. Like, no, I watched that. I watched like Keeping Up Appearances. Have you ever heard of that show? Yeah, my grandma loved it, and I found her so funny. Hilarious. She's always rolling around the ground. So like, I so I got into like more 
comedic acting. Like, I love Martin Short. I love the movie Clifford. I've seen it a hundred times. Like, I liked that kind of thing. So that, when I first started comedy, I wanted to be a comedic actress. And then I slowly got into stand-up um, because at Humber College, where I went, uh, they hated me. And I was in, like, none of the, they put me in none of the sketches. Like, the final sketch show, I wasn't in anything. So what? my stand-up teacher was like, you're doing stand-up. I'm like, I've never done it. And he's like, you're doing fucking stand-up. And then I killed it. I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm... And then I saw my first stand-up show ever live. I saw Deb to Giovanni at the Laugh Factory, downtown Toronto. My friends took me for my 18th birthday. And I remember sitting there, and I'm like, I want to be this woman. Like, And she was so nice to me after. She came up to me because I was like being a little psychopath. And I was like, I want to do this. She's like, you can do it. I'm like, ah! And then, like, now we're good friends. But I was like, I told her that. She's like, you're a psycho. I'm like, I know. Because like, she was like the one comic. You were I was, her like, stalker. I, <laughs> I started to. No. Thank God <laughs> I was social media back then. I would have been enough for ass. Um, yeah, she was like one of the first stand-ups I saw, and I got really into that. But after, besides that, I, now to this day, I watch like, I know this is not a popular opinion, but I really like Sebastian Menescalco. <laughs> I watch him a lot. He's all act out. He's good. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I see comics when I do shows, but I don't like watch. I haven't seen any of the Chappelle specials. I haven't seen the Net. I haven't seen shit. You, you don't. You don't consume things just because other people are. Yeah, and I also just I have this weird thing in my head where I'm like, if I see something, I'm scared. I will say it or do like I don't ever want to be compared. I don't ever want to be called a hack or compared to anybody else. So I like just having my own little. Mm. Yeah, it's very things. it's very important to uh, like when I talk to comedians, I try to get a sense of like why they started and who their influences were. If they're a comedy fan, like I just kind of. And I, I only do it because I, I want to know kind of like if my head's right, you know, like yeah. am I, am I you dreaming? Am I doing this? Um, yeah, <laughs> you because think too much about it. I, I do. I do. And that's, that's, I don't think I get enough. yeah, no, that's one of my problems is that I, I overthink stuff yeah. and I think that's stalled me. <laughs> you could yeah, call maybe, me delayed. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I also always like performing. I used to Highland dance. Yeah, I heard that yes. on the potato podcast you yes, were on. Yes, yes. I don't know what it's called, but it has a potato in the logo and yes, in the title. Yes, Jeff Paul's podcast, yes. Right, yes, I yes. heard that you were saying something about the Highland dance. I, so I, I, I competitively Highland dance from 3 to 18. From the age of three. three. Yeah, my mother was a teacher, still is a teacher for it. Uh, so you've been on stage almost your whole yes. life. So I never wow. had like stage fright when I started doing stand-up or anything because I was like, I'm used to dancing. Like There's some competitions I dance for like hundreds of people. So I was like, okay, I, I was never nervous. I actually had to go back and do a, a speech in Calgary for these dancers, and there was like 800 people in the crowd. And like that, I was nervous because I couldn't swear, but they wanted me to be like the head speaker, so I had like a motivational speech, but also funny. And the year before, they had like a gold medal uh, Olympian. I'm like, why the hell am I here? I should a fucking gold medalist. And I'm like, hello, no one knows me. You can't Google me because you're all going to see shit you're not allowed to see. It was great, though. Because I, I said, damn, and then everyone went, <gasps> and I went, okay, you're all real lucky that damn is the worst thing I said right now. Yeah. And then I accidentally said, yeah, if anybody Googles me, you'll see. And then, like, all these little kids the next day Googled me, and the parents were like, I wish you didn't say that, but, like, they all loved it, but it was That's hilarious. amazing. Yeah. And you've, so you've made the choice to be a performer, you know, and that's, to me, I think... Some people feel a compulsion, and some people, like, I don't think I made the choice. it out methodically. I think it chose me. Uh, like, literally, since I've been a kid, weird shit always happens to me. I always get the psychopath coming up to me in a group saying something crazy. Like, I, it's it's always been... They'll find me, and so I'm like, I've just always had weird things and just weird stories to tell people, so that's that's just... I, I started doing it. And that's like a lot, that's yeah. how you got involved. Yeah, literally. For me, it was the school play. 
the school play, I, I quite by accident, like I was taking it quite seriously. Yeah. I wanted to do a good job. And uh, the, the acting coach or teacher there, I guess, he said, you know, you have to lean into that accent more. You have to be more French. Mm-hmm. So how do I be more French? Who are you to come to my restaurant? And I started doing this sarcastic. Yeah. And so he started to laugh, and the class started to laugh. And then I did it on stage, and it got huge laughs. So you were doing so the Eric Saigon thing. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Yes. I kind of was doing the... My first bit was Derek Saigon hack. Yeah. Right? So, like, from that moment, I wanted to make people laugh, but, you know, life... Life got in the way. Yeah. You know, had a couple kids. See, that's what you know? happens when you flop around. Maybe I should get a plan B in case today. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it. I don't I know. I take you to Costco. Go. You can get the, uh, the multi-pack. They have it at Costco? I don't know. I don't oh, know. Oh, I was I'm like, no. oh, okay. I should go to Costco tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Actually considering it. Yeah. But it was never, I don't, I don't think it was a compulsion for me. I think it was more like a desire. Like, I wanted to make people laugh, so I actively sought it out. I did uh, dinner theaters and uh, community plays. And then eventually, I was at the Calgary Yuck Yucks when it was in the Blackfoot. And I saw a stand-up show. And then at the same time, I was listening to that Carlin album. I was like, i got to try this. And I did. I did it for 20 years. Oh, and wow. Yeah, I was uh, mostly a Yucks guy. Mm-hmm. You know, middle, middle, middle. And then towards the end of my <laughs> astounding career, I got to close out a few shows because some headliners missed some flights you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was fun I loved it yeah and I met a lot of people um and so I, I, I have these really weird friendships like I'm really good friends with Pete Zedlacher I love Pete and, and it's strange because like we, we're an unlock we're an unlikely pair of friends yeah. you know what I mean but uh, it is it is nice the people you meet like all of my all my good friends are comedians mm-hmm. well I have a few others in Toronto but like uh, most of my good all my good pals are like do you feel like everyone who isn't a comedian is sort of pedestrian? Like they don't understand? No, what, not really. My like my close friends now get it. And yeah. like my family gets it, my sister gets it. She's like very funny and she gets it. Did it take some time for them to understand? Yeah, I think my parents still um, don't like it. I found out like last year my parents don't like my dirty jokes. And they've been like supporting me for years. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but I came across an old childhood video where my dad filmed the entire Madonna uh, sex book and like every single page in the middle of our fucking childhood video. So then I'm like, I wonder where I got it from, you fucking perverts. Like my parents are both also always make gross jokes. I'm like, excuse me, I'm not, they, you made this. This is your fucking fault. Um, but I think now that like they are seeing more accolades and stuff since I've moved, they're like, oh, this is actually a, a career. I'm like, yes, I've been a comedian just doing comedy for years now. Like, I don't know what the yeah. fuck you think I'm doing. Um, you have to be on a... You have to be thin in Los Angeles. I don't know if you guys do this. Uh, it's hell. It's literally hell. I'm not joking. I'm the fattest woman there, and I don't even care. Um, so you have to be on a diet all the fucking time. I've tried every goddamn fucking juice cleanse, everything. I've tried every goddamn diet going. Camp soup diet? Tried this? Anyone else heard of this before? Yes? Did you try it? No, never fucking do it, okay? It's, if you read anything online, it's like, you lose 10 pounds with me, go fuck yourself. Well, no, 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 kill them. No, no, kill them. It's literally a nightmare. So it's like mostly for like bridesmaids or whatever, want to lose weight, it's like quick, whatever. So what you do is you make this fucking cabbage soup the beginning of the week, and then you have the soup go. It's, it's, the, it's literally a head of cabbage, like you put it in a hot tub and stir it around. That's what it fucking tastes like. It's disgusting. So you ever get hungry, have a bit of soup. On any time of the day, have some fucking soup. Day three, breakfast soup. 
No one wants breakfast soup, all right? <laughs> breakfast soup's not going down the mouth hole, but day four, day four is we get you. Like, hey, guess what? You can have as many bananas as you want. It's just part of the diet. I'm like, oh, really, cabbage soup diet? Is this a dare? I ate 12 bananas in one day. I'm not joking, I was fucking starving. I ate two bunches of bananas to myself in 10 hours. I didn't shit for two fucking weeks. I gained 10 goddamn pounds on this diet. But when I did shit, 12 exact bananas to my asshole. Yeah, you're crushing it right now. I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing pretty you're good. Yeah, I, I, I feel finally, that I, I never I would say that about myself before because I never, always thought, I don't know. I'm not a cocky person, but I was like, but now I just feel like my career is doing very well. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and it's like, and this one woman show, um, I think I'm going to take it to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which I would never plan on doing. I did it with my sketch group in 2012. Didn't Hannibal Burris do uh, some stuff out there? Yeah, a lot of like big things that you see. Have you heard of the show Fleabag? Yeah. That was an Edinburgh Fringe show. Yeah. So I'm like, now a lot of industry goes out there and watches and sees what they can make something. And I'm like, I think my show has potential to be something that maybe somebody wants to make into something. I don't know what exactly, but like, I think there's elements. Um, I, I think it's good to do everything. Yeah. And I, I, I like, think the yeah. things that fall off or don't work, I don't, I really don't think people remember that. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like my pal, James Mullinger. I don't know if you know him. For the name board. So he basically moved from England and he was different than everybody here so people just were kind of magnetized by him and um, he actually ended up selling out our big arena here like wow. twice and uh, and Seinfeld filled it with three quarters he actually filled it oh wow so James Mullinger is uh, kind of a phenomenon but he's like clean and British and so he gets a lot of shit from from jealous comedians and stuff like that right but um, he's another guy who, like, he always told me, like, try everything, do everything. And I'm like, well, you know, because I'm an excuse person. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, uh, I, I, I'm bipolar. Uh, um, I, I have a, the comedy club to look after. I, I have two kids. I, and he's like, oh, yes, you're all of those things. He goes, you're a father, you're a comedian, yeah. you're an electrician. He goes, so do all of it. And I was like, yeah, he's right. Yeah. You know? So I feel like you're one of those people that are, is just saying yes to everything. Yeah, right? and I also, I think you have to. I, at this point, like, everyone is already doing so many other things. So, like, I, when I moved to L.A., I didn't plan on being a writer. I never, want, I didn't like writing. Like, when I wrote, I wrote sketches with my friend Allison, but it was like, we'd be like, okay, I come on, I'm this goofball, we say a couple things, and then this is how we end it. Like, we didn't really sit down and fully write that. Like, some sketches we did, but most of the time we were just very loose and improvising our way through it. Lazy, really. Um... But it worked for us. But now I'm like, oh shit, this is a movie. Like, okay, let's see some spec scripts, see some pilots. I'm like, what? So I'm like, I've been writing like a crazy person now for the last like three years. And then Deb and I wrote that thing that uh, was on Central, which is great. But I'm like, I'm pitching a bunch of cartoons right now and like. Anim animated stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, I like writing animated stuff. It's easier and more fun. And you can be way more wild with it. Right. Yeah. So I'm dying to know. Tell me about The Ringer. Ringer, so this is a new show coming out um, on Comedy Central. So Bill Burr is like the host, whatever it was. It's it's like Umbrella is like he picked uh, like 15 up-and-coming comics. So um, I don't think he picked me directly. The director who has directed me in a couple other things, acting things, recommended me to Bill, showed him my clip, and he was like, yeah, I want her. I'm like, that's fucking cool as hell. 
Um, so yeah, we got to do like an interview with him and then a set. So I take ten minutes. It's like getting like, a nod from Jesus. Yeah, it's it's, know, it's like yeah, well, you're good. It's literally insane because like there's a comic in L.A. whose career has taken off because Joe Rogan tweeted about her. Yeah, and it's like she went from like just being like a regular comedian to now she's like passed the comic. It's crazy. Yeah, they, it's they, like you literally. It's literally who you fucking know and it, sometimes it sags it's like okay you know other people have been working their ass off for fucking years yeah. and they're funny as hell and they like Deb is a past fucking store and she's goddamn no one can follow her so it's like what Joe Rogan hasn't seen her in tweet about it. it's very annoying anyways so this whatever this Bill Burr thing uh, yeah it's it's cool I think it'll be about a five minute set and then like a three minute interview with him amazing so each episode it's three comics and they do their interview with Bill and then yep. it was really cool yeah, he was a really nice guy. Yeah, I actually, I was like so nervous. So I was pacing out in the... Oh, you did the interview already and yeah, the set? Yeah, it's all, yeah, yeah. It's all in the can? Yeah, yeah. So I nice. like was, uh, it was my first like late night or first American TV appearance. So I'm like nervous as hell. I get nervous when I was taping. So I'm outside pacing and it's right downtown. So I see this guy coming up. I thought he was homeless. And I'm like, what do you want, man? <laughs> and then Bill picks his hat up. He goes, Steph, it's me. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I thought you were homeless. He's like, what? And I'm like... <laughs> I'm so sorry. He's like, that's even worse. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, I'm sorry, Bill Burr. I thought you were fucking homeless. He's like, okay, man, I'm going to go inside. But then he was like, super nice to me. He's like, he's like, don't worry. I'm like, I don't know why I'm so nervous. And then like, I fucked up a joke and I've never done that taping before. And I'm like, I'm not having that go on. So I, I like, I went, okay, resetting the joke. And the crowd got kind of weird. And I went, no, I'm like, none of you act fucking stupid. I'm like, this is a big deal for me. I'm not fucking fucking this up. And then I'm like, everybody on board, and they all clap. And then when I said the joke, it killed. So I was like, oh, thank God. Um, thank God you had that instinct. Uh, I was like, I'm not having, I'm not fucking this up. <laughs> I was too nervous. I'm like, I'm not fucking this up. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. And Bill forgave you for the. Oh yeah, yeah. He laughed after, and then he, he was like talking to me a lot. It was really cool. Cause I, the comic book I was obsessed with him. And you I was thought Bill like, Burr was homeless. Thought he was homeless. He's wearing this really weird sweater and this hat. And I think, I think, you know, I, I'm a fan of Bill, obviously. But I, I think that if I, and it, you always think you know celebrities. I don't fucking yeah. how would I know? But I get this feeling like he likes to be low key, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then that old thing walks softly and carry a big stick. You know, like I think he crushes and then he's like, yeah, it was okay. You know, like, and he like is a <clears> comics <throat> minimizes like, shit. Yeah, and he's shit. backstage sitting with everyone talking to us, and I was like, what the hell's going on? Like, probably his fashion is the same, and then of course, yeah, he's never... really yeah. Some because some comics you meet that are fucking dickwads, but he he's never changed. He seems like he's always been like that guy. He, Alex Pavone, a friend of mine, comic, uh, got to open for him, and Bill picked him up in his car downtown New York, like he drove. Insane. Insane. Text him. He's like, where are you? At the fucking corner. And he's like, I'm here. He's like, you're at the wrong fucking corner, idiot. And the phone's like, oh, like, gets in the car, sits beside the fucking Bill. They're talking about sports the whole way. And he's like, after the show, like, obviously Bill killed, Alex killed. He's like, okay, what are you doing now, man? He's like, I was going to go back to, you know, New York and hang out with my friends. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, I was going to see you want to grab beer. He's like, no, I'll grab beer. Yeah, I'll hang out. Hung out with him all night. He said they were sitting at a bar. People were asking for his autograph. He's super cool. Signed it. Just being a total nice guy. I'm like, that's the nicest fucking thing. Paid for all his drinks, like wasn't like being. A, it was insane. He's just a nice guy. Like that, that would drive that would drive me nuts, man. Because I'd just be waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'd be waiting for Bill Burr to say, "Okay, Ogden, get the fuck out of here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. First of all, I don't know fucking anything about sports. Yeah, that's. I have handicaps that way, like as a male, like I cannot be an alpha or even be associated with alphas because I don't know anything about sports. Never was interested in sports. 
Um, I don't give a fuck about hockey. I don't. Okay. Um, and it's it's just a very strange thing when you walk up to a group of guys and they're like, yeah, you know, they traded Smith yeah, and blah like, blah. And I'm just like, yeah, how about that sport? Yeah, how about that, that sporting event? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I find it hard to relate to people, and people often think that I'm very weird because of that, right? But it That's also gives me odd. a great perspective too. You know, yeah. because I'm not, I don't feel like I'm a part of anything. So yeah, it's yeah. really, really cool to, to be able to interview people and to sort of see what their life is like and kind of compare it to mine and go, oh, okay, yeah, like I understand that. But I'll read anything. Like I read, um, this. it's a book called The House That Jam Built about the E.D. Smith fucking jam company. And they're talking about how they had an orchard in Ontario and then they started like, uh, during wartime, they started to can and preserve this stuff, and then people really liked the jam, and they started shipping it on the train further because they could have ice packs that would carry the fruit further. And I'm like into this shit because I'm reading about like a th three or four generations of this one family that sold fucking jam. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I go, oh, maybe I should be an interviewer. Maybe that's what I'm yeah. supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like I have a creative jam, mind, but yeah, this is this is why I can't watch hockey because I'm like yeah, okay, like uh, the guys in the blue pajamas, we want them to go faster than the guys in the red pajamas. Okay, yeah. blue pajamas, go, let's do this. Right? Yeah, really... I, I would never go to a sports game with you. That's <laughs> you're a sports fan. Not really, but more than you, it feels like. Oh, oh, big time. Yeah, probably. I was to one NHL game. It was in Calgary, and I uh, I felt the heat they, every time they score. Uh, flames shoot out of the oh, ceiling. Oh, really? Have you ever been to? No. Oh, yeah. I, I just, should check it out. Once. Your next tender hookup, maybe a hockey fan. Hey, get him a, get him a couple me. of Any tickets to. Uh... Out there and take you, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can feel the heat at the Calgary Flames game. Um, yeah, this is uh, it's a great privilege to be able to interview someone who has done so much in stand up. How long have you been doing stand up? Um, 16 years? Yeah, I guess I, I guess, like, anybody out here has known me because I didn't do Yuck Yucks, so I never, like, traveled out here. Yeah. I did the Halifax Film Festival when I was 27, and then, um... So cool that there's a generation of Canadian comedians who haven't done Yuck Yucks. I mean, mm -hmm. not, not that I want to comment on whether it's good or bad, but, like, you know, when I came up, that was the only thing out there, pretty much. Like, the the independents were like, there weren't enough of them. Yeah. You know, so you could choose to do the laugh shop, but like, you know, then you wouldn't be allowed to, to do, do anything yeah, else. Yeah. And people don't talk about that enough. Like, we were not allowed to do other, sh you know, shit. But then the people who said, fuck you, I'm doing it anyway, sort of created this whole uh, independent scene. Yeah. You know, like, we're an independent club. Yes. Right? Well, so, I like, like, if you walk across the street and you get booked at Crackers and we're punchlines, we don't care. We, yeah. we want you to have that yeah, gig yeah, yeah, yeah. because we want you to make the most money possible. It's very bizarre. And I, like, I, right away, I think when I first started stand-up in Toronto, I wanted to get with Yuck Yucks. And then I had showcased for Breslin, like, two or three times. And the third time I did it, it was, like, 35 degrees outside that day. And I biked because I biked everywhere. And I was wearing shorts and not short shorts, like regular size shorts. Okay. And I murdered. <laughs> I, I remember this specifically. I murdered. I'm like, oh, he's passing me for sure. I'm going to get on the Wednesdays. That's what I thought. 
He pulls me aside in his little fucking velvet robe, and he goes, <laughs> <laughs> "He has a velvet robe." Yeah, a Nobody velvet talks robe. about he's that. Can I just for my listeners? Uh, Mark Breslin, the founder of Yuck Yucks, uh, has a booth that is roped off 24-7 yeah, yeah, that only yeah. he sits yeah, in. So yeah. he undid his rope for you. Yes, and then he okay. said, if you ever wear shorts on my... He's like, don't you ever step on stage on my stage with shorts ever fucking again. It looks like you were cleaning your house all day. And I literally went, I'll never step on your stage again then. And I walked away, and I was like, well, that's it. And I'm like, and I, I didn't give a fuck. I was like, I'm not getting talked to like that. I fucking bite there, and I was melting. I was so fucking hot. They weren't booty shorts. They were, like, from my knee. I know we just wear shorts on stage. Go fuck yourself. I, I, I get it if you're, like, I'm not, I'm not getting paid for this fucking set. I fucking bite there as hot as hell. I'm wearing shorts. I literally left, and I was like, you've made, I, in my head, I was like, you fucked up, man. Because I'm like, I knew I was funny, and I knew I was, like, getting better. And I was like, fuck that. And then I remember, I, I think I messaged Deb, and I was like, hey, you don't really know me, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, we've met him a couple times. And I was asking her, I'm like, should we ask you this? I'm like, what is your experience with the clubs and stuff? And she's like. I'm independent, I always have been, and you can do it too. I'm like, all right, I'm like, I will model myself after this, and I'm like, it's been nothing but a good choice for me to be independent. You guys, um, you guys like to have sex out here? I think there's no other options. I really wanted to, but Tinder ain't looking good. Okay, it is, wow. It's either that clown or a man with just great teeth. I'm like, how did they all get great? I don't know, maybe one. All of them are dead? Wow, okay, that's fine. I um, I get scared. I don't have healthcare down there. I am scared to get something on my bits. I look at uh, I look at bits a lot. You guys look at your stuff. One person looks at their genitals. The rest of you're like, no, can't, can't do it. I look at my vagina so much. You can give me a bunch of wet clay right now, and I can just close my eyes and mold it perfectly. You need a lot of clay, huge vagina, and um, I normally go, I'm getting into the dirty stuff. So get ready. I normally have a pocket mirror that I look at it with. Not in public, but when I'm home alone with lighting. I light a candle, I'll keep it romantic. But I lost it, so I've been using my iPad. Yeah, ladies, I don't know if you've ever done the old HD zoom on the puss before. Spooky stuff there, huh? Is it the bottom of the sea? What is happening right now? It's like three squids fused together. What's going on? No one likes that, but in my head that's very funny. Three squids? Too much. Just too far for you guys. Every time I go back to Toronto, I get tested. So I'm sitting in this room, there's like 15 of us. This guy storms in, looking around all panicked. Like, this guy's crazy. Looks right at me, I'm like, here we go. He's like, hey! I'm like, yeah? He's like, you? I'm like, yeah, you're screaming and pointing at me. Yeah, now what do you want? He's like, you look exactly like a guy I went to high school with. I'm like, what? He's like, Vino? I'm like, you're still not fucking sure what the hell's going on. He goes, you look just like him, and then stormed out. Like, he wasn't even there to get tested, just looking for his old pal. I'm like, I gotta fucking find Vino. This guy seems like my soulmate at this point. I wanna fuck myself, is what I'm saying. Because I'm like, I still got... He, he passed on Jim Carrey. He yep. passed on Deborah Giovanni. Yep. And he passed on Steptola. So, you know, the, <laughs> the worst thing the worst thing, thing that happened in my career is that he didn't pass on me. He, he kept me working for him. So, you know, that that's the worst thing that I mean, I, good I, for I, you. I, I like and I I'm still I know all the comics that are with him. Like I it sucks because I actually love the fucking people who, who work for him. Like I love the book or the people who book like the Toronto Club. Like and I like I go there sometimes I'm home, I'll do the like 
whatever late late show sometimes my friend was tossed me up and it's, I have fun as hell like, even the people who work there like why don't you work here I'm like I won't work here I, I, I don't like getting talked to like that and I don't you respect fucking, yourself I do and like Jace, yeah. Jason Lawrence uh, from Absolute I go out of my way whenever I can to shit on this man uh, <laughs> that's weird because see I wanted to get in there no. I wanted to get in there and perform will, at his club. I I I I, ne- I will never. I, I I would do yuck yucks if I go back or whatever. If I wanted to, like, I don't know. I will never for the remainder of my life step foot on an absolute comedy stage. I did the I did the whole hosting middling for mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. six years. I was doing this, and I was like bearing his fucking headliners because headliners from nineteen seventy two, and they they're talking about their grandkids. On the late show on a Friday night, people are walking out. I'm watching people walk the fuck out. I'm like, who the fuck wants to listen to this? It's boring as hell. It's not relatable. <laughs> Burying the headliners. Finally comes time. I just moved to LA. So you have to call him and like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Can I get a, can I headline? So I call him like, hey, Jason. He's like, what? And I'm like, that's how you answer your fucking phone. I'm like, you know why I'm calling to ask for shows? I'm like, I was wondering if I can headline. So I'm headlining now. And he literally laughed. And I went, I'm sorry, did you just laugh at me? He's like, yeah, you're not right headline. And I'm like, I'm headlining every other club. Like, I'm headlining the mix for years already at this point. Yeah. Every other place. I'm like, I'm like, I moved to LA. I'm like, doing well down there. And he's like, no, you're not ready. And I'm like, I'll never. I'll never. And I hung up the phone with him. I was so fucking mad. <gasps> I want to become famous. It's, 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 I know that sounds awful, but I don't It's judgment, care. right? And I made that mistake early on as a promoter. I became a promoter because I didn't have any options. Like... When I came here, it was rural, right? Rural New Brunswick. There was no comedy here. Yeah. 2009, I do a show for my friends and family. I have an hour. I make people laugh. That's it. I don't have another minute of comedy. I've done it all. My tank is empty. What do I do? Call up my friend Jen Grant. You want to do a show? How much dollars do you need? Okay. So I sell enough tickets. Fly Jen Grant in, right? Jen Grant, Julian Dion. Yeah. I opened for them. I got my 10 new minutes. Boom. Yeah. Shane Ogden presents. Now I'm a promoter. Yeah. I didn't want to be, you know, but I was trying to stay near my kids, trying yeah, to still yeah, yeah. do comedy. I'm trying to do all these things, right? Yeah. <clears throat> my life is an epic failure. Oh, no. But. Punchlines <laughs> is good. But, yeah, punchlines. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, I, because of those little glimmers of hope, that's why I keep going because, like, yeah. I feel the vibe at punchlines. Like, I feel like, okay, if I were in Chicago or Illinois or if I, or wherever I was, like, in the world, anywhere, if I see a YouTube clip, that club looks like one that you would see. It yeah. actually looks like a comedy club, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it's not perfect. I know that. It's cold and, you know, the green room's not great and all this shit, but well, still, it's, it's, it's pretty yeah. decent. Like, yeah. I like it. So anyway, I tell you that to tell you this. Um... You were talking about promoters and like, I made that mistake early on of judging people, mm-hmm. not allowing some locals on because they weren't funny enough. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes even told comedians that they weren't funny enough to middle or headline. I made that mistake, but I've reconciled that. I've apologized to those people mm-hmm. and I make sure that everybody gets a chance because I can put someone who's shit at the beginning of the show. And nobody gives a fuck. But they yeah. have, they've got a chance to do their five minutes. Yeah. And in often, of you know what I find? Often, they fucking surprise me. And then I'm able to bump them up yeah, to yeah, middle. Yeah. Or home. Yeah. So I I feel like maybe Jason needs to change. You know? I, know, I get it. He's set in his ways. And it's too late with you and all that. Never. But and also, there's, <clears throat> there's, I hate to pull this fucking card out, but like, 
he does not have a lot of female headliners. Mm-hmm. I think he has three. And it's like, well, A, not, no women really want to work for him now. There's, not, there's, not, there's some there, but not a lot, and they're still not headlining. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I remember... It's just great to see women doing shit that men have done for years, and it, it's, just, it's just heartwarming to see someone like, fuck, like you kill. And that's, to me, amazing. You know, not not because you're a woman, just because you're a killer comedian. You know what I mean? And um, I, I've tried very hard to make Deb and others feel like, you know, the, they're people I respect. They're comedians. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, I really don't get into gender, but I know that's something that people want. That's something that people actively send us messages and say, that's we, great. we love Deborah DiGiovanni. We love Nikki Payne. We love Steph Toloff. We want to see more female. Really nice. They say yeah, that. That's crazy. So that's what the public wants. That's, well, that's, oh, so do, I don't think it's good. pulling a card. No, I don't. Th- no, I, I think mean, that's I just, tr- reality. I think, right? how I think what people see female comics is they're like, oh, I'm a female. I'm she's funny. I'm like, because you've gone to a show and there's been one female comic. So you're like, oh, yeah. that I didn't like her. If it was reversed and it was 10 girls and one guy and then you'd be like, oh, I didn't like him. Because there's less of us. So that's why I think people think that we're not as funny. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, yeah I I would agree with that. Murders nonstop. Yeah, now, my, I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't. Moment. I I literally couldn't build a show and put any put you anywhere else. You have to close. It wouldn't even make sense. You know what I mean? Like, okay, Steph, tonight you're gonna middle, and middle's gonna close out the show, and everyone will leave disappointed. <laughs> so that's what we're gonna do tonight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it takes a while to get there. I, I finally yeah. feel like confident with my. You should. Stuff. You should. It's amazing. And they, and, they, and they like dirty here, so I was like, oh, they're not going to like Don't dirty. they I... like dirty pretty much everywhere? Not, no. N- not at corporates. No, they don't. I, no? Sometimes in LA, they think I'm dirty. What about Vancouver? How do you do in Vancouver? Because that, that used to be a PC thing. It's a mix. Very PC. I yell at them. I haven't been there in a decade, but like when I went there, I was like, oh, this doesn't, this may, always makes them laugh in Alberta. Yeah. Why aren't they yeah. laughing here in Vancouver? <laughs> I think the West Coast in general, like, as soon as I started doing shows in LA, they were very sensitive with me, and I was like, the fuck is this? They're like, because self-deprecating is weird for them, because they're all, like, so high and mighty down there, and then I'm like, oh, fuck me, this gross thing, and they're like, oh, boy, and I'm like, all right. Uh, the mix was, it would be up and down. I loved it, because when they, when they got, like, sensitive, I'd fucking shove it down their throat. It's like, oh, why? And I'd be like, why did you like that? Like, there's one time I, I made a joke about having a mustache, and I heard one go, oh my god, I went, who said that? Who said that? And then everybody pointed, I'm like, why did you just do that? I'm like, why did you react like that? She, well, I'm like, why did you react? Because I have a mustache, I'm talking about it, I'm clearly not embarrassed by it, I still get laid, why did you say that? And she's like, oh, I guess I never, and I was like, I just like flipped out on her, because I'm like, I hate when people awe me. It's so annoying. I would not say these things out loud if I was that hating myself you know what I mean I, yeah. I was that like self-conscious but I would not be like talking about the shit yeah I think it's funny it's funny to make fun of yourself it is and it shows that you're comfortable with yourself the... yeah hello how you doing hi hi come on in is this room ready to clean or sure um yeah <laughs> uh can you can you give us another 10 or 15 minutes sure. we're just doing a little interview here oh okay okay thanks I mean, that would be shocking because they probably didn't tell the cleaning lady no. that anything like this was happening. Also, what is she cleaning? There's a, this is an out-of-order room. <laughs> no one's staying here. Like... <laughs> the hotel where sta- uh, Steph is staying in was nice enough to give us a, a hotel room to do the interview. Although, I felt a little awkward about that because 
see when I interview the comedians, they've always put us in the banquet area. Uh-huh. But I guess there's so many Christmas parties, they probably wanted to shove us up into this corner. But I find if I record anywhere else, like it sounds like a hallway kind of thing. Yeah. Like, so anyway, this is uh, this will this will do. But I guess the, the the lady is coming back, so we've got to wrap it up soon. But that's hilarious. I don't know what she's cleaning. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty clean in here. Yeah, but, there's a bed know. with like a. The bed is not made. The bed is not made. No, there's a shower curtain on the bed, so I don't know what the hell's going on here. Oh, they had a panic plumbing issue, probably. Uh, okay. Ripped yeah. the shower curtain up. I, yeah. I'm hoping that we're not in a murder scene right now. I don't mind if we are. It'd be kind of fun. <laughs> you do just accept life, don't you? After talking to you for a few no, minutes. No, not really. No? I'm, you I'm fight God, against no. it? You rail against I'm it? I'm a psychopath. Are oh, you? Oh, God. I, I'm seeming calm right now because I'm wildly hungover. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That We, we drank till about four you, in the morning. Well, you're highly entertaining. Yeah, I think I'm entertaining, yeah. <laughs> Have you done um, uh, Patrick's Club Levity? Yes. How is it? It was fun. I, I was on the first weekend, so it was a bit... Looks really classy it in is, the pictures. It is, yeah. yeah, it is nice. And they treat you really well, and like all the bartenders and stuff are like, all great. And yeah, I think I was on like a, an earlier weekend, so it was like still newer. Yeah. But they were still fun. When you go to Calgary, do you perform at the Laugh Shop, or do you perform at the Comedy Cave, or do you Not set nothing. up your... Never been. Oh, you've never been I, to Calgary? I, I, I did Laugh Shop once, because I opened for Deb, because she brought me with her. Okay. But I don't think... Uh, my sister made fun of the uh, Booker I just for laughs years ago, and I think yeah. he's held it against me. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, well. Okay. Oh, my she God. She called him before four, that band, and mm. he did not find it funny, and I really found it funny. It was really weird um, because I tried to get booked at the laugh shop, and uh, the guy there, he was just like, mm, yeah. I don't know, maybe. I don't think so, man. Like, it's just like, he just wouldn't give me a shot. So I've never like, really tried. I don't know. I'm now, I don't have any Canadian reps right now, so I'm just kind of like floating around. Yeah. Because I, I realize I'm like, oh, I missed the goddamn Winnipeg cutoff, which I don't care about, but. Yeah. Did you ever submit to that? Um, the Winnipeg I, Comedy Festival. I don't think I did, no. Like, uh, specific. I, I submitted to Just for I Laughs too, yeah. a few times, but never Winnipeg. Yeah. I should really try more things. Yeah, you should. Especially yeah. up here in Canada, because there's not much. No, there isn't. That's, that's the issue. That's why I got the hell out. But but, but L.A., and now you're talking about Edinburgh. So, like, mm-hmm. you're kind of a world traveler at the moment. Not really. I got a puppy, and I didn't plan on leaving. Oh, I have a puppy at home. Oh, She's five oh. months old. She's the cutest thing in the entire world. I love her so much. I've never been happier in my life. I did not know what love was until I got this fucking dog. I swear to God. I'm like, I look at her every morning and I just get so happy. Like, my mom's watching her right now and I'm like, I've been FaceTiming the dog. Like a fucking psychopath. Like, I, <laughs> this is the longest I've been What's the dog's life. name? Susan. Susan. She's so sweet. Of course it is. It's, and you named her. I named her Susan. Of course you did. So much. <laughs> um, so that's the Edinburgh thing is kind of a nightmare now because I wasn't planning on leaving her for that long. Right. So I'll have to drive... I was going to be, I always go home for the month of July anyways, because my parents have a really nice cottage, like an hour and a half northeast of Toronto, so I like to go and decompress, mm-hmm. so I was going to drive Up above Barrie, like up that way? Uh, by Peterborough. Peterborough. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was going to bring the dog for that, and now... Cottage country. Yes. Yes. And, Us Easterners hear so much about this cottage country, but I have no idea what it's like. Is it fun? It's awesome. Yeah, lakes and But it's also, you get lakes. Stuff. I woke up actually privacy. on a lake this morning. That's how far out I was. I wow. Was, <laughs> I was on Do you remember lake. the name of the lake? No, no. I don't no. remember a lot. <laughs> I go shopping drug mart. That's all I know. So one day we got crazy. We thought we'd uh, 
Make some last chocolate pudding, that's all we had in the house. Makes a pretty big batch. <laughs> you guys have made that jello batch. Quite a big salad bowl, makes them for a while. I lie down, I'm like, slop it on my tots. He's like, shut up. I'm like, yeah, fair, okay, that's very fair. Leave it on my kids, so I put it on my tits, and uh, he starts kind of eating it off. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, that looks really good, let me try it. He's like, it is good, lay off me, I'm starving. The entire thing really ruins the moment. I <laughs> you guys. They get very sticky, had to bathe them, fill up a tub, dip them in, <laughs> waste the water, really, could have just rinsed them. Um, but we thought we'd get crazy one day, you guys can try this if you want when you go home, we thought we'd get nuts, and we thought we'd try doing it in a different room, uh-oh, wild, what next? So we're in the living room, nowhere else to go, we need two rooms, and uh, we're on the couch, and we're like really getting into it, and um, was I the man right there, what was that? <laughs> I'm holding his face and just fucking um, So we're making love and uh, the cat scampers in. I'm like, okay. He's going like, whatever. The cat's like, watch. The cat has to watch. I'm like, okay, it's fine. I'm not even blinking. Normally you blink. Your eyes look very dry right now. That's fine. So we're still going. And the cat starts to puke. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard a cat puke before. But whatever's in there doesn't want to come out for a really long time. So we're going to cast it. Uh, 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 and the cat's right now. This piece to end. Then the cat's puking and our thrush chimed in at the same time. So, uh, 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 uh. We all came together. It's actually quite nice. It's a good clean up. It was good. Um, might need to pick something up. Um, yeah, I, I love cottage country. And I miss that in the states because I do I think I know it's, California has nice places but like LA itself is a filthy disgusting city it's so gross I hear that they have a, a massive homeless problem oh my god yeah like yeah. unprecedented unreal I ran a show worse than a, Vancouver yeah, oh way worse I ran a show off of Skid Row so Skid Row is where they most are and I'm talking like if you've ever been to East Hastings that's a joke how bad Skid Row I, is. I, I was terrified about East Hastings. Yeah. Then you'd die at Skid Row. In, in a day, I run red lights. I will not stop my car there because if you stop your car, you'll, it's like the walking dead. They're everywhere. Jesus so Christ. I ran the show off of Skid Row so there was like, the bar we ran it at was on the patio and it was like lined with tents or whatever and this one homeless guy hated my comedy. He'd come up, see me, he goes, the bitch is back and I'm like, buddy, get the <laughs> hell out of here and then you go to my other friend Caleb and he'd be like, you doing your stuff tonight? He's like, yeah, he's like, I'll be listening to you. I like you. I don't like that cunt. And I'm like, can you get the hell out of here? Like, it's a, it was so Christ. funny. It made me laugh every time, though, because I'm like, <laughs> he's just lying in his tent, just pissed off at my stand-up. Like, that made me laugh. But it was like, he hated me, because I asked him one time not to beg for change in the middle of our show. I'm like, come back after. We'll give you whatever. But, like, please, you can't ask for money in the middle of the fucking show. Yeah, yeah. Hated me for it. Oh, my God. It's terrifying, though. Yeah, I, there's a homeless man living on my street right now, and I, have a, I live right around a school so I'm like why do I call the cops on him like why is nobody calling the police it's like a meth head and now he like says hi to me every day I'm like we're not friends you're not a neighbor of mine stop saying hello to me like you know me <laughs> so annoying sounds like you have some crazy problems out there in it's LA not it's not good there's shit everywhere my dog's been sick so many times because she keeps eating shit she just had a fucking parasite last Susan. week Susan ate her ass was bleeding from don't like, eat way shit before I came out here was up all fucking night because her butt was bleeding. I was like, I'm not leaving. I'm like, I was like, do I have to cancel them? Like, Thank God I took her to the vet. She's fine, but like, oh my nightmare. God. So out in LA, what what is it like 
like open mics and stuff like I do not do open mics so it's they all are. booked shows oh there are open mics no 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 I just I don't do them because they're so fucking negative right, when I first yeah. moved there I was like oh I better do this to get into the scene and then I was like no I'm not doing this I don't care I'll just try new stuff when I get booked and just do that I refuse okay it's bad yeah. it's just a bunch of guys their arms crossed staring at you like no one laughs and I'm like no not doing this. It's not a supportive. And crazy people. It's not a supportive community. No, and crazies. So I'd be going to the improv mic, and then, fucking, a guy would go up and get pulled and sit down and start selling some business and giving out magnets. I'm like, get this guy off the fucking stage. He's taking up comedians' time, and he's a legit crazy person. Yeah. Like literal homeless people would go on stage. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Wow. So I just started by like, doing. There's a couple mics that are like whatever, but there a lot of them are pay to play, and I refuse to do that. Because we don't have that in Canada. Mm. There's no... You go to a mic, you sign up, you go, you, that's it. Out there, you have to buy a drink at these bars. What are the LA comedians dollars. like? You're around them. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not asking a name drop. I'm just saying... They're not... I mean, I, I've made a lot of... A friends. mix? It's and, a mix? And it's also not LA comedians. It's people from every other state. So it's like people... From, a lot of guys, yeah. girls from New York. Yeah, uh, mostly like Texas and Denver yep. and Portland. Are the people I like hang around with most? And they're all cool. They're just yeah. trying to. Oh yeah, my best friend now from or... uh, Daniel Webb, very hilarious man from um, Dallas or Fort, like from that area. He's in Austin for a while. He's, I've heard the yeah, name. Daniel Webb's hilarious. He's unreal. He's very funny. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got anything coming up that you'd like to promote? This is going to um, come out in a couple of weeks. I guess just my album is out there. I'm going to be selling. It What's on that called? Soon. I'm not well. <laughs> I have vinyls that I have. You looked at me and said that as I if that was well. just a sentence. It is. It really is. <laughs> but it's also an album. Yeah. You can get it on iTunes, yes. Spotify, at your website, which is stephanietolovishilarious.com. Yes, Oh, I have a sketch album coming out, actually, in a month. What? Yeah, Lady Sash. It's our second album. Lady Sash? Sash. Like Lady Sash. Stash. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, that's coming out. It's called Older and Wider. Um <laughs> I'm very proud of that title. And, uh, yeah, that comes out, if you like sketch albums, it's, it's funny. I do. I love sketch albums. I used to listen yeah. to all the old Sandler albums and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I yeah, like it's, that it's, stuff. It's just us two bantering. It's, it's fucking fun. great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just fun, right? It's very fun. Sketch yeah. is way more fun than stand-up. Life's worth living. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for doing this interview. I really appreciate it. Thanks for it. the coffee. You're welcome. Dark roast, importance.